Hello and welcome to Dealcast, the weekly M&A podcast presented to you by Merger Market and SS&C Intralinks. I'm Juliana Needham. I'm a business journalist who's been covering M&A for a decade. In this episode, we're looking at M&A deal activity in North America and exploring how the rest of 2023 is likely to pan out. I'm joined by James Ward, who is a business reporter for Merger Market, specialising in the B2B tech and industrial sectors. James is based on the East Coast in Charlottesville. Hi, James. Thanks very much for joining me today. Hello. So there are a lot of headwinds around at the moment with high inflation and rising interest rates. What are you hearing from advisors about the potential for an uptick in M&A activity during the rest of 2023? Well, uh, I'm hearing that uh, the bankers I've spoken to expect some deals to kind of pick up uh, in the back half of the year, especially in physical security. Um, There's one major deal with uh, Carrier Global. They announced a potential divestment or spinoff. And my source said that that was, you know, looking to kick off uh, deal activity in that sector kind of down market. And can you just outline what size deals we're talking about here, please? I think with the debt markets where they're at, we're talking deals, uh, you know, with an enterprise value below $250 million U.S. And so what are the reasons that deal activity could pick up in 2023? The biggest one I'm hearing uh, from multiple sources is because of private equity's dry powder. It needs to be deployed. Um, they, it has to get put to work. Um, they all talk about how it's sitting on the sidelines and uh, it doesn't do any good uh, sitting there. So uh, everybody was pretty kind of drove home the point that uh, that that dry powder does need to be deployed. And that's record levels of dry powder that private equity is sitting on has been a bit of a theme for the past four or five years, hasn't it? What's likely to change this year? Um, well, I mean, I think it's just with no deal making, you know, with deal making sort of severely hampered right now and, and stall, you know, deals not happening as frequently, t- processes that are happening taking longer. I mean, I what I'm hearing is it's just it, the, the money just needs to be put to work. Uh, so, they're looking for stability in the debt markets, but with these little deals or the smaller deals, they're more able to get them done now. Um, so that's why, from what I'm hearing, platforms started, you know, kind of reengaging in the first half of this year after kind of being on the sidelines, uh, waiting in the last half of last year. So your sources are optimistic and hopeful that deal activity will pick up, but what kind of activity are they actually seeing? Yeah. I mean, what's interesting is um, a banker I spoke to said one thing that's pretty common right now when they're seeing success is with uh, engaging uh, clients and, you know, potential acquirers with, uh, you know, one-on-ones, one-offs, they called it. Um, no, not running like an auction style sales process. Um, one banker called it tactical deal making. You know, you get maybe 10 of the most interested buyers invited and uh, they kind of have some direct one-on-one talks. Um, what my source said is what this can do is warm the market if no deal is struck kind of immediately, or, you know, it's sort of setting the stage for those deals to kind of start 
you know, coming over the finish line, you know, in the back half of uh, this year. I guess it looks a bit better if there's an auction style process that fails. It looks a bit better if there's just some kind of soft sounding. Exactly. Competitive tension um, is what they kind of always talk about creating. Great. Thank you. And now looking at sectors, what's likely to be the most active sector for the rest of 2023? I would bet cybersecurity is going to be largely active uh, sector, especially within tech. I mean, it traditionally has been one of the more active M&A sectors because, you know, companies are constantly trying to make sure they're stack, you know, their technology stack, if you will, is has got the, the best in line technology to kind of, you know, meet market demands. Um, there's been obviously, you know, if you watch the mainstream news, there's the, the war in Ukraine with Russia, the U.S. and Chinese, uh, you know, have our, our tensions, you know, politically are probably at their highest they've been in years. Um, ransomware attacks are constantly, you know, appearing in the news in the West, um, oftentimes reported that they're brought on by state level sponsors. So, I mean, you know, cybersecurity M&A is, I think, has always been kind of active, even when the tech market sort of starts to slow down. Um, one CEO I know recently said that, you know, thinking about pricing in that market, I mean, it has come down. Um, but, I mean, I, you know, I heard one CEO talk about a, a, an annual recurring multiple of 20x to 5x. But I think, you know, with the volume and counts down in cyber, I think they're still going to probably be higher uh, regarding cyber um, when you look at other sectors. That would be my guess. And that's even though both M&A and capital raises are down in the cyber sector. Yeah, I mean, everything kind of came down from 2021 in those record levels. I mean, but I think everybody's starting to kind of think that there's going to be a rebound. And I think in cyber, the rebound could be uh, considerably higher maybe than other sectors just because of the, the importance of that sector and how companies are constantly trying to stay ahead through M&A. Great. Thank you. And looking a bit more broadly now, can we look at the availability of financing for deals? Interest rates have been steadily creeping up during the past year. How difficult is it now to get debt financing for M&A? Well, this is, this is what's interesting. And I think this is where we were talking about the, the deals, you know, the, what deals are we talking about, what size? And I think with the smaller deals, from what I've heard, it, this is where it's been easier to get the debt. The problem, or not the problem, but what's taking longer and what everybody talks about is the diligence required to obtain this new debt. Um, everybody talks about the accelerated timeline, you know, from the buy side. Um, and then sell side was kind of talking to me about, uh, you know, diligence processes. What once was maybe, you know, four to five weeks is now more like 10 to 12. And I heard that from multiple sources. And what about the cost of debt? How is the higher cost of debt influencing the strategies that private equity funds are using? I think what a lot of PE firms are doing if they need to, what it seemed, what I heard was, I mean, they're, they're considering divestitures, you know, looking at breaking up some of their non-core assets. Um, I mean, the current situation, one thing I heard was, you know, it can't be refinanced away, kind of like maybe in the past. Um, you know, you can't just bring in equity to, uh, pay off the loan if your debt is, you know, 
higher. <laughs> so, I mean, I, I don't know. One guy, uh, one uh, source told me that he's had clients, you know, and this is private equity where they're private equity clients. I mean, billions of dollars of incremental debt service costs, uh, you know, across their portfolios in the year. I mean, that's sort of what they told me. And they said, you either bring in equity to pay down the loan or you have to find assets to kind of, you know, divest or carve out um, that are hopefully worth a higher value than what your debt is. And finally, can we just end by talking through the price expectations and the difference between buyers and sellers and where they're at with pricing at the moment, please? Sure. Um, and this is sort of why I think what my sources were referring to, you know, the, the conversations are kind of happening. Things are, uh, conver- you know, the talks are happening again. Everybody's coming back to the table. But you know, what the sources tell me is that the sellers usually have to kind of get, there's like a six to nine month lag they talk about to get used to the new, you know, purchase price uh, multiple, um, the paradigms that talk about. And the source that deals with all private equity said that's kind of where we're sitting at. He was quite bullish on, you know, deal activity uh, with PE and PE platforms, especially picking up in the back half of this year. But he said right now, you know, why the deals are sort of still muted is because there's a turn a quote, turn to two terms gap uh, between the buyer and seller expectations right now on that purchase price multiple. That's really interesting. Good to talk to you, James. Thanks very much. That was James Ward, who's a business reporter for Merger Market. Thanks for listening to Dealcast presented by Merger Market and SSNC Intralinks. Please rate, review and follow the podcast. You'll find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or look out for your Merger Market news alerts. For more information, have a look at our show notes. Join us again next week.